Hey, what's up, Liberty lovers? We are live at LibertyCon in Miami, and I, I've got with me today, uh, Nate's not with us. He disappeared. We can't find him. It's very sad. Uh, we've looked what everywhere a, at the no, conference, no but uh, so I found uh, Spike Cohen, vice presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party in 2020, also the uh, founder of You Are the Power. Yep. And then I also have with me David from Liberty Memes, as well as you do just about everything, I think, David. So I got these two gentlemen with me here to talk I'm, about some I might, liberty. I might do some things. Yeah, some <laughs> things. Uh, but two guys who are uh, fighting for liberty uh, everywhere you look. And so I wanted to bring you on. Spike, we'll start with you. Um, sure. I know you had three debates today. Yes. <laughs> um, how did that go? Like, how is, how's the conference been for you? It went good. I destroyed them all with facts and logic and what could only yeah. be described as a fusillade of truth bombs. No, it was actually really you cool. You think Ben Shapiro watches your takedowns? Yes. Ben so Shapiro's watching better. this. He's <laughs> like, wow, my wife is such a doctor. I don't know how, what he would say to that. But um, yeah, no, it was fun. So they were originally described as panels. Well, uh, it, they were actually one-on-one -on -one debates on various subjects. So uh, first I debated uh, Destiny, who's like the original Twitch political uh, streamer debate guy. Uh, we debated on uh, uh, libertarianism versus, I guess, I think he describes himself as a blue-pilled liberal, uh, so that, whatever that's called. Yeah. Uh, we debated that, um, and, and it largely just became a debate on U.S. foreign policy. Um, and then I did a debate uh, on uh, 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 anarchy uh, versus men. Well, that's the one yeah. I just did. Yeah, on yeah. anarchy versus liberty. And then before that, I did one on um, on uh, libertarianism versus neoliberalism. Um, so uh, basically, I just I've I spent all day destroying uh, you know libtards yeah. with my fact. No, they were actually really cool, fun discussions about various subjects. Um, I like approaching debates as more of a conversation where we figure out where we agree, and then I try to convince everyone that I'm right on the margins that we disagree yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I saw the first one, um, and I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and and I, feel, I feel like he classified himself more as a, he definitely said liberal, but he wants localized government, so I thought that I, that was... Interestingly enough, yeah. Yeah, except for the military. Except for the military. Yeah. That was the weird thing, was he, he seemed to... Uh, and his name's Steven. He used to right. go by Destiny. Uh, but he wants a, uh, uh, he said he wants sort of somewhat localized government, but then also wanted, as he put it, he said he loved the military industrial complex. And had we had more than 40 minutes to talk about, it, I think I would have wanted to delve in more into how you can simultaneously have a, a, a limited and localized government and a, a hyper war machine that's coupled with a domestic surveillance state. But, you know, we, we got into it a little bit and it was, it was fun. I enjoy having those discussions. Yeah, it was good. David, what about you? How's the conference been? I mean, I don't know, because I got, like, Jack Lloyd and Fochan over here doing their nonsense in front of the booth. And, like, <laughs> you guys, if you were here right now, you would realize this, this is just an anarchy fest. Oh, but, um, oh okay. Oh, so I've been doing some stuff. Um, <laughs> since December, my supporters on Liberty Memes have been crowdfunding wheelchair vans yeah, and yeah. other accessibility needs for the disabled. So a little bit of background people don't know about Liberty Memes is uh, we spread a Liberty message, we make a mockery of pretty much everybody and sometimes people don't like that, whatever, but it grows an audience and instead of just saying, okay, we have an audience, so haha, everybody had a lot of fun. We say, well, now that there's an audience here, we can actually do something because we have enough people here to right. try to change the world. Yep. So if we do it, something can happen. And then people are like, well, who told you that you're the leader and told everybody what to do? Well, 
that's not really what I'm doing it for. I'm doing. It. I, there are people who can be inspired to do things, and if it's Absolutely. something that we can do, we just we just do it. it. So that's what we do. But we crowdfund for people in need. So for the longest time, we were crowdfunding for people who were getting evicted from their home, or their mortgage was going to foreclose, or they were having to repair cars and things like that, or they lost their job and they needed groceries, things like that we would take care of. Very small things, but it was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars because we do this every single day with our audience. So it's not just tell a joke and walk away and it's over. When you've built an audience, well, why don't you do something responsible with that audience? If you believe in creating a voluntary society or that one should exist, why don't you do the groundwork to make that actually happen or to at least prove that it works yep. so we've been doing that um we raised a lot of money doing that for other people and then i realized uh spike actually approached me to help a man named thomas queter yep. who was in a wheelchair he's actually here yep. at the event to help him get a wheelchair van and i said of course i don't know if i'll be able to do it not a lot of people are involved in donating to our causes right now but we'll give it a shot. And sure enough, in a couple of days, his yeah. wheelchair van was crowdfunded. That's thanks amazing. to Spike yeah. helping get attention for it. And thanks to the Liberty Memes community really jumping on this one. And Thomas was a state senator. He was in the state senator race in New York. Yes, yes. that's correct. And, and yeah. got 12.6% of the vote, he yeah. told me, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I got to meet Thomas because we were playing celebritarian family feud yes. at the New York State <laughs> Convention for nice. the LP. That was less than a year ago. Yes, that it was. All, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was, that was November. in November. Yep. So I met Thomas, and we were sitting at the... I was, at, I was on Spike's team for Celebrity Family Feud. My brother Peter, who is the co-founder of Liberty Memes, was on Tasha's team. Yeah, was on my wife's team. And Thomas team. was on our team, yes. Spike. Yep. And he ran over my foot in that wheelchair... And then told me a story about how those things are heavy enough to break people's legs. And in fact, they, they have. Yeah. At least it was wow. a wheelchair, not the wheelchair yeah. van. Yes. That yeah. Might yeah. Have been yeah. No, it was so, the van, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I came to love this guy. I absolutely love this guy. I love anybody that abuses me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, we love those who hurt cycle. us. Yeah. The trauma we love those cycle, who yeah. hurt us most. Yeah. Mm. But once that was funded, I wanted to go to his house and actually see this wheelchair van that we had funded. And... I went and met him and did a little live stream of him saying thank you to our group. And he, on that live stream, was explaining how much abuse people who have these needs go through yep. in the name of helping them through the welfare state. Yep. So, yep. for example, these are people who have no way to go about their daily lives the way we do unless they have transportation. Well, they have to either be reliant on public welfare systems that exist to transport them or do nothing. Yep. And also, they also need, in general, in, in Tom's case, he needs these social services that he gets in order to survive. Basically, if these are cut off, he will cease to exist as a living person. And so he's not allowed to make enough income because yep. of income limits for those benefits to buy himself his own transportation. And this is the case for disabled people all over the country where in the name of taking care of people, they make it impossible for them to take care of themselves. Exactly. As though he's not able to do things that he knows that he can do. Even though Thomas is one of the most capable people you'll ever meet. I mean, it, you mentioned he got 12.7% heavily, heavily outfunded by his competitors and, you know, wheeling around on a wheelchair to, to get votes. And he was still able to, to mount that kind of a run for office. You know, it, it, 
what Thomas has gone through, and, and you know, he can talk about it incredibly, uh, is a perfect example of the harms that are done by a, a, the at least ostensible attempt by government to try to so-called help them. Uh, and the beauty of what's happening now with uh, wheelchair uh, uh, vans for, for wheelchair vans from Liberty Meme fans. I you think got it. A, you yeah, got that's it. right. That's yeah. What's what's cool about the about that group is that what started with helping uh, Thomas to get his uh, to get his wheelchair van. Uh, has now turned into uh, how many vans have we funded at this? Point? So it's a lot. Um, when we funded Thomas, I looked back in the history of causes that we had helped, and turned out we had funded two other wheelchair vans in the past for other people. Oh, okay. And I did not know the impact that we had in those people's lives. Yeah. How difficult it was. You know, people are coming out of the woodwork to tell me, well, a disabled person in these circumstances that has their own transportation in their community is seen as the one percent. That is like, yeah, the, it's, un, the, it's unheard of. Yeah, it's impossible to do, because you have to rely on social services. You're not allowed to make enough money to be able to own your own things and get around on your own. But I looked back and I saw that we had done two, and then Thomas was number three, and I said, "Wow, a meme page has its making, <laughs> the makings of its own fleet of wheelchair vans around the country. That's three. We That's got a awesome. whole fleet going on. So we started doing another one and another one, a guy named Kevin Smith in Ohio who's active in the Libertarian Party. Um, the few people who are actually active in the Libertarian Party who have these needs, there was Lars Engelson, yep. who was the cause that we chose right after Tom's. Yep. You know how I chose that? No. I wanted to crowdfund wheelchair vans and no one had come after Tom to say, hey, you know, I saw you fund his wheelchair van and I said, but I really want to start building this fleet and helping people because I know that there's a need here that we can make a major impact in. And so I searched on GoFundMe and I started to look for causes that would match what I wanted to do. And I found this guy named Lars Engelson who wanted to buy a wheelchair van so that he can travel the country. And I said, wouldn't that be really, really nice if I helped this guy be able to travel the country? Because it's just so liberating to people who are typically prisoners to this system and yeah. not able to get out and enjoy life on their own that we'll take care of this guy so i started taking care of it i vetted it i kind of snooped on his facebook page a little bit to see if this was true if this was a real situation and we crowdfunded it and it turns out that his best friend is a gigantic spike cohen fan <laughs> how about and that he says, and spike started to champion his cause and he says i can't believe this it's Spike Cohen, and he's helping me get a wheelchair fan. <laughs> so that was pretty amazing. And now we're up to, since December, about $371,000 that we've crowdfunded for about 20, I think 23 causes That's amazing. of people who need wheelchair vans yeah. and other uh, accessibility needs. That's awesome. And in the meanwhile, we're also still funding those people who come to us and say, hey, we need help with our rent. Yeah, we have side quests all the time of like, it, this person needs you know enough food to get them through the month, or you know this person lost their job, or they're starting a new job, but they need help for the next two, three weeks or something like that. So in in addition to you know funding you know well over a dozen of these of the or two dozen of these efforts we, we've also done a bunch of these little side quests on the side as well that's amazing i love the the volunteerism aspect of that oh yeah it's like well it's putting your money where your mouth is yes. right and it's like hey i really believe in these things not only do i believe in them my actions will show that i believe in them uh and i just think that's really cool and and the other point which is you know, the ADA, which is supposed to help, you know, those yeah. that are handicapped. My father deals with the same thing. He's a double amputee. Um, he's got diabetes. 
Um, and so they just, um, they t he also was in the Navy, so they just took away his retired Navy money because he makes too much from Social Security, Yeah. even though he served in the Navy. Yep. But he makes too much from Social Security with his disability and other stuff that they took that away. So now he has like $2,000 less a month that he can spend that right. he was getting for the Navy because he served his time. Yep, yep. So because and, they and can only... That's so frustrating. You can only make so much, and he like can't do anything else, and that's that's very frustrating. And, and Speaking people come of out Thomas, of the there's Thomas right yeah, there. Yeah, Thomas from um, Thomas Quita right here. Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> and people come out of the woodwork all the time with these same stories about how basically they're abused by a system that most people in this country think exists to help them. Right. And have the moral sloth to believe that because they paid their taxes, those people are taken care of. Yep. So a lot of people look at situations like Tom's or situations like, uh, in the case of your father, if that were to come into play, as rifters or people who are asking for more than what they need. You're already getting help already, from the government. Because yeah. they're already yep. taken care of by the government. And I've seen this here in Miami. A lot of people who obviously have these needs with disabled accessibility are just living on the streets. Yep. Mm and people here won't help them because they assume that it's a grift because they're out on the streets, but doesn't the government already help you? Yep. They don't. No. This is a fact I want to drive home to people in this country is that they don't. It's, the it, government does not help the disabled with transportation needs other than the public transportation things that they provide during a certain time of day, yes. on a certain schedule, not necessarily reliable, so when you finally help someone get transportation or accessibility in, in these cases, you don't just set that person free. You free up all the, the social safety net that they've got built around them to be able to do other things for other people. Yeah. You alleviate the burden on a lot of people. Yeah. And this impacts more than just the person you're liberating from that situation. You're also providing relief to an entire community. So for example, your church safety net. Oh, well, who's gonna go pick up Bobby to bring him to church? Well, Bobby's got a car, he can drive himself. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, this is one thing I think government is so, well, they're terrible at everything, but <laughs> one thing that I think they don't understand is they don't really ask people what they want. No. Like, hey, you know, it's literally a lot of lip service and virtue signaling. Yep. Like, oh, look what we've done. We passed this bill that's going to help all these people. But, you know, I, th to me, this is similar to like, um, you know, poor communities, not just in the United States, but around the world. Right. You go. Uh, if, I've traveled many places, many third world countries. Um, I also um, I uh, co I co-founded a company in Peru that does like um, sustainable travel there. And one cool thing, though, is that part of our mission there was to be uh, charitable to the um, people in Peru. But instead of just like giving them money and food and things like that, we just we at, we talk to them like, hey, what do you guys want? Everyone that I've talked to around the world, they want opportunity. Yep. They want opportunity to be self-sufficient, to have a job, to be able to make money, to not be restricted, all of these things. And so that's what we did. Like we helped them by creating jobs and giving them things to do that would allow them to build their own education, to be self-sufficient, to do what they want to do. Whereas in governments like, ah, oh, we know what's best for you. Like, uh, don't worry, Spike. Yeah, we got it taken we, care yeah. of. And if you don't listen to us, we're going to destroy your life. Um, right. I, I, so I actually, um, during the vice presidential campaign, actually just before I got the nomination, I did a door knocking tour in various communities in Wilmington, North Carolina. And the... Uh, 
purpose was threefold. Number one, it was to show libertarians that we can actually get out in the community and meet people where they are and start talking about our ideas with them. Number two was to help the local uh, libertarian party of, uh, I forget the county there, uh, I think Brunswick, uh, no, not Brunswick, uh, Cape Fear County, whatever the, the county is there, to help them grow. Uh, but then the other purpose was to listen to what the people there had to say. And so we, we went to, you know, middle class, working class neighborhoods. We went to some of the somewhat uh, more well-to-do suburbs. And we went to housing projects. And uh, when we went and spoke to people in the housing projects, there are, there are people there, they're living in subsidized housings, they're, they're getting food stamps, they're getting all sorts of subsidized stuff. I didn't talk to a single person who said they wanted more stuff. I didn't talk to a single person who said that they liked their, their free housing. Every single person who wanted to talk with us, they gave some variation of saying, every time I try to get ahead, someone shows up to put me back down. And mm -hmm. I heard story after story of people who had these side hustles, businesses, that they had to do under the table because they couldn't afford the cost of licensing. They couldn't afford, you know, uh, to build, to put their business in an area that's been zoning approved for that type of business. And this is stuff like... Couldn't afford like, to be caught making a little extra yeah, money. Yeah, couldn't be afford to, be, <laughs> to, to, to cross the barrier to entry into things like everything from braiding hair to DJing and, and you know, uh, uh, cooking food, catering uh, events, and, and, and promoting events and things like that. They needed a license to do these things, and they needed to do business out of an area that was zoned for it. And whenever they were caught doing it, whenever they were caught actually making some real money, the police would show up and take whatever they could with civil asset forfeiture, and they never got any of it back. And, uh, and so... What I was hearing from people, and they didn't even know the term occupational licensing, and most of them didn't even know the term of, you know, uh, commercial zoning or whatever. They said, how come every time I try to get ahead, here comes a cop to, to, to stop me from doing it? And I explained to them why that was. But here are people who we often stereotype as, well, they're just lazy. They've just learned to live the, the good life of mediocrity and the, the, low, the, the, the soft bigotry of low expectations and all of that. Well, no, actually, those people want to do better. Yeah. Maybe some of them have become comfortable with that, but most of them would rather build themselves and their communities up through voluntary commerce, but they're not being allowed to. And the reason they're not being allowed to is for twofold. It's to protect those vested businesses that don't want the extra competition, and it's to keep a population subservient and in generational poverty so that they can use them as a talking point for increasing the welfare state and getting people to vote for that. That's exactly what it is. Yes. So we recognize that as libertarians in general, yes. right? In our yep. philosophy philosophy in theory and when we run for office or when we have a political awareness campaign or an awareness campaign yep. or when we have meme pages or when we have podcasts we recognize that the welfare state is bad yep. we also as libertarians in general recognize that the system's unsustainable yep. one way or another we either believe it's going to collapse or that it needs to be abolished yep. But we also believe that people who have these needs need to be taken care of and that it's appropriate to do so. So we have this uh, theory that the market will take care of them because <laughs> in the past that's what happened. The churches, the civic organizations, yep. things like that took care of these people until those welfare programs were put into place and then the moral sloth took over yep. and people were like, well, I already take care of that through my taxes. Yes. You want to and they'll get also say, oh, I don't mind if my taxes go up as long as it goes to these. Sure. And know, they things. don't have to feel responsible but for it. But the taxes don't right. go, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But in general, once that moral sloth sets in, a couple generations go by and people begin to actually have to depend on this stuff. Yep. 
because those civic organizations no longer do it because it's not even necessary and also because people who are paying taxes won't give to those civic organizations because they believe well I already pay enough in taxes to take care of this problem that I believe is taken care of even though it's not so what do you do to abolish a welfare state how do you abolish the welfare state and leave everybody like in Tom's case to die you have to create a more compassionate society. You have to educate people on the fact that the welfare state is abusive. Yeah. But you also have to show them how to replace it before it's time to replace it. Yeah. So when the system collapses, people aren't saying, well, I depended on that before. And what I need now is an even stronger government. Yeah. And the solution, so the solution-oriented thing that you're talking about, which is what you guys are living out, is we're going to compete with the government and actually put our money where our mouth is yep. and help people through volunteer volunteerism. So we're competing with that welfare state to help those people. The do difference what they is I'm not holding do. a gun to anybody's head to do exactly. it. I'm saying, hey, you know what? It's a really good idea. And, and myself as a Christian, I believe that human enlightenment leads toward more compassion and better conditions. And that we're not combat when we're not compassionate to each other and we all become very selfish and, and self-centered. That's when Things go wrong. That's when things like slavery happens. That's when just all manner of bad things happen when you're not compassionate. And if you're creating a more compassionate society, especially in the liberty community that wants people to be free or at least gives lip service to liberating people, well, how do we do that? You can liberate people by making society more compassionate and caring about each other because that will bring about less reliance on an almighty state. We say that we don't need a welfare state because the free market will take care of people. And that's correct. We are the market. We may not be a free market, but we are the market. The market is just people making decisions. And if we as people make decisions to help those that are in need and to do so in a way that isn't built on the incentive of creating and sustaining a problem to use for an excuse to get more money, but to actually solve that problem so we can go on to dealing with another problem, uh, then that's what we're doing. You know, the, the difference between uh, private, charitable, and mutual aid efforts like what we're doing with wheelchair vans for li from Liberty Meme Fams or, or whatever other uh, efforts are out there, and government uh, uh, so-called charity, the, the welfare state, is that the incentives are entirely different. The purpose of volunteer you know, private charity and mutual aid is to actually alleviate human suffering. The purpose of the welfare state is to cosplay and pretend that they are alleviating human suffering while maintaining a certain amount of human suffering to justify their ever-growing budget. Well, if you need more money and you do so by proving that there's human suffering that needs to be uh, uh, solved, then you are actually incentivized to create more human suffering. And if you can do so in a way that also protects the crony business people that put you in office well all the better two that's two birds with one stone and so you end up with this you know so-called war on poverty which is really just a war on people who are trying to get ahead you remove all the rungs from the ladder to get out of the safety net and you make the safety net more and more comfortable or more and more big with more and more people in it and you go oh well this is just you know we need this in order to protect these people no what we need to do is put the rungs back so people can climb out and for those who can't climb out the people climbing out and those of us who are already out of it can help them out of it ourselves as well and that's that we're demonstrating that through our actions yeah and they sell it as compassion yes you know government sells it as compassion like like 
Oh my God! Like the 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 gap, the wealth gap is getting bigger. Yep. You know, without taking into to account all the transfer of wealth exactly. that's happening. Yep, yep. So they keep using these things. CEOs, the the top paid CEOs make more, 350 times more than the average worker. So they're comparing the top CEOs to the average workers, which doesn't even statistically make sense. Yes. Uh, all in a, all in all in to sell this compassionate idea that. They're the benevolent ones who need to, to fix this. But I like what you're doing. One thing you said earlier, too, is that, um, you know, I think people, maybe in a bigoted way because they're judging without understanding who that person is, they stereotype uh, those with disabilities or the homeless or, or things like that as these people who are lazy, who just, yep. they, they like the government dole. And I like what you said, that, that there may be some people, this is what I've I've learned as I get older is like, you are, you're always going to have those fringe people who like, but they're yep. very few and far between, you know, the more you actually talk to people and you see them for who they are, um, as, as we've talked about, like they just want some tools to, to be self-sufficient, to find that purpose yep. in life, right. Yep. To pursue something with meaning that they can maybe leave a legacy or that, you know, anything like that, they can make a difference in their community. They want those same things that we all desire as human beings. Yep, exactly. So, so the reason that we do this through Liberty Memes, for example, the reason I was inspired to do this is simply because I do believe the welfare state should be abolished. I do believe that the welfare state is evil and causes de dependency and causes all these abuses inadvertently, well, maybe it's intentional by the government, but they don't tell us that. But most people look at that and say, okay, those people are already taken care of. And that removes compassion from civil society yes. almost entirely because of that moral sloth. And that's just not a good picture if you want liberty. If you want somebody in your community to care about being free, they don't care about anybody else's freedom but their own. But if you actually teach people to care about each other, it's a, it's a good thing. This is a net benefit to society in general, to the liberty movement. I mean, people who are going to want a nice society are going to want their fellow man to be free. Mm. So that's one of the things we do, but I do believe that we're laying the groundwork or at least showing proof that this can be done as a viable replacement yep. to an all-powerful welfare state. Absolutely. And the more we do it, the more people we impact. So libertarians, for example, will go to a libertarian convention and we'll wait in line for an hour until it's our turn to speak and fight for our point of view on what the bylaws should be. <laughs> and then we'll go home and then we'll go home to our house, to our wife and kids and say, hey kids, I made a freer future for you guys today. <laughs> well, <laughs> What are we doing <laughs> to put our philosophy into place in the real world outside of a political convention uh -huh. or even outside of an election cycle? We need to be doing more because there's so much broader application to the liberty movement in general, to libertarian philosophy, to voluntary philosophy than just running it through an election cycle that's generally already rigged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've have nothing to add to that. That was perfect. That was I love the dig on the on the conventions. I, I've told people, I've said, you are saving the world. Once you figure out where to put the uh, the semicolon in this sentence, you will have solved the world's problem. It's it's not that I don't like them. No, I, I know, love I these know. people and these people. And and in a sense, in some areas, that type of thing is absolutely necessary. But we can also do other things. It's, it's not that I'm saying it's my way or the highway. Do you have to be only engaged in voluntarism and helping the poor and doing charitable causes? And, you're, and the party is worthless or doing your partisan work is worthless. 
oh, you can do that and you can also do this. And maybe you can do that and I won't do that and I can just do this. And both of us working together make up a broader liberty movement that makes freedom a lot more attainable than just doing only one thing that really yeah. Yeah. sometimes is, is very difficult to get done. So I would like to encourage people who are involved in libertarianism to also be involved in charity and not look at it as some form of taxation or another welfare or another creating dependency. Yep. It is the exact opposite. And so, wheelchair vans from Liberty Memes fans, where you can hang out with people like Spike Cohen on <laughs> Facebook, and he'll show up and be like, hey, what's going on in here, guys? I got some fans in here who want to crowdfund Liberty Memes vans. I'm all about it. That's what Spike says, yes. I'm pretty sure. That was verbatim, actually, what yeah, I said. Yeah, the, exactly what you he said. He just I, read a, a, yeah. one of my posts. Yeah. I've got it on recording. Yeah, yeah no, so it's, I, perfect. Yeah. it's perfect. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate the, you, uh, both of you. So for those out there looking for solutions, everyone always asks, like, what do we do about this? Yeah, yeah. The, the world is falling apart. What do we do? Well, I think the answer is you serve other people. Yes. I mean, I like I like the example of the the starfish parable, where the guy's on the beach and there's a million starfish and he's chucking them in the ocean, and someone walks up to him and says, "What are you doing? You look stupid." And he says, "Well, I'm helping the starfish get back in the ocean." And they're like, "Well, there's a million of them, and they're going to die before you get to save them all." And he says, "You're not going to make a difference here." Picks up another starfish, throws it in the ocean, and says, "I made a difference for that one." Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Absolutely. So, those of you looking for solutions, you found it. Yes. It's called surveying, which is what public office used to be too, by the way. Like, it's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, and it's, you're supposed to be a public servant. Quick, very quickly a, turned into a euphemism for ruler. As yes. a cop, you're supposed to serve the community. Yeah, yeah. You know, protect and serve. Yeah. You know, so that's really the answer there. Um, so, all of you guys looking for that. Now, David, Spike, where can they go? Uh, to start serving their communities and competing with the tyrannical government. Well, I didn't hire Spike to come here and endorse my product. Okay, <laughs> he did this entirely of his own because he's actually a member of the group, just yep. like everybody's a member of the group. Yeah. Um, but Spike has an organization called "You Are the Power" that yes. he just launched. Yes, and absolutely. And that is amazing. And I really want Spike to tell me a little bit about "You Are the Power" before I talk about my thing. Absolutely. So uh, definitely. So what we're doing with "You Are the Power" is we are going back to first principles on how we spread the message of liberty. And I believe the best way to do it is to meet people where they are in their local communities and with issues that they are facing, demonstrate our empathy for them, help them to organize to fight for justice in their communities, and then use that as a beginning conversation about the wider precepts and, and concept of liberty, about the the uh, the values of libertarianism. You don't start it by telling someone about your philosophy. You start it by meeting them where they are on something that you can help them with, getting them organized so that they're excited to fight for freedom, and then showing them how freedom is the way forward to not just solve the problem that they just faced, but any other problem that they're facing from their, their local government. Um, and if you want to be a part of that, we're basically uh, using uh, localized issues-based advocacy. We're using it as a way to grow the Liberty Movement one community at a time. If you want to be a part of that, go to youarethepower.net. Become a member today. We'd love to have you be a part of it. We have over 2,000 members in all 50 states, and uh, we'd like you to be the next one. Youarethepower.net. .net, yes. So, Spike didn't pay me to do that either. Yes, just he did. Just so you guys no, know. Yeah. Although... Spike and I have been accused of always just getting paid to do the things that we do and having <laughs> no concern for the cause of liberty. And that's why we founded the Grifter Caucus. But seriously. Yeah. I always say, but, but jokes I, aside, I always say, David, that haters are going to hate 
and ainters are gonna ain't. That's true. I Jokes stole aside, that from a movie. Jokes aside, be out there, do the groundwork, do the work. It doesn't matter what people are gonna criticize. You know you're doing what's right. You go out and do it. So if you have been convinced that you want to help us crowdfund for people in order to create a more voluntary society, get on Facebook and join Wheelchair Vans from Liberty Memes Fans. There you and go. And I'll see you there. All right, y'all heard it here. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Good to see you at the conference. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. Thank you.